Don't move. You're listening to Harpy Hour. We just want to share another awesome podcast with you first. So check these guys out and stay tuned for this week's episode of Harpy Hour. You guys are really good at going into details, you know. Good is in the details, the podcast where we invite experts on to learn what we didn't know we didn't know in the spirit of Socrates, hosted by Dr. Gwendolyn Dalsky and Rudy Salo. We are really in control of our experience, right? You can follow people and make you feel bad about yourself. You can follow people and make you feel good about yourself. That's a great question. I think, you know, this year, she loves that. Hey, you know what? Okay, so I'm going to jump into this family squabble here. Please. (laughs) Um, And I mean, I might even push back a little bit. It's so much fun to talk to both of you. Our conversation always goes somewhere that's like unexpected and really fun. Find good is in the details on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that's good. That's good. Harpy Hour may contain explicit language as well as graphic, violent, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Harpy Hour. The harpiest of all the hours of the day. Yeah. Aloha. <laughs> Laid back. I was trying to be inventive. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about singing a different song and that was that delay. But then I was like, I, the only song I could think of was Baby Shark. And I just don't want to do no. that. No, no, I don't no. want to commit that no. kind of atrocity. So I will turn this podcast around. Yeah. Yeah. That would be super fair. So also like we're at episode 93. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, you're right. You right. You right. <laughs> it's not the time to get creative. I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. I'm Steph. And this is our podcast where we share ridiculous stories in history, science, and entertainment. Woohoo. Yup. So, guys, this morning I punched a 16 year old kid in the stomach. No uh, notes, no questions. Okay. <laughs> I, as you do, would normally <laughs> say that it was not my proudest moment, but I was actually very proud of that. Was moment. this in your kickboxing class? It was. It wasn't kickboxing. It was just boxing. Oh, I was hoping it was in like Starbucks. No. Damn it. I'm going to say, I feel like you're building this up to be better than it is. Misdirect. (laughs) (laughs) We all know this is a stupid story, so let's get on with it. (laughs) Yeah, go on. You trickster. Uh, You little Loki. No, that's just about it. He was a really good sport about it. So my morning classes, I joined to like a boxing gym a, a few weeks ago, as the two of you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Most of like the afternoon classes, which are really big, just do the heavy bag. But I started going to morning classes. So I get up and I go to the boxing gym at 6.15 in the morning. And the morning classes are really small. And so my one today was just three people. It was two adult women mm-hmm. like just me and this other woman who i think was even older than me and then this 16 year old kid and the instructor was like okay so for today's class we're gonna put the kid in the middle and then the two of you are gonna try to hit him and we <laughs> were just like you what? were just there to amuse the instructor at <laughs> yeah. this point like it sounds like they were just you know shooting the shit yeah 
Uh, but so we were both just like, um, what? And he was like, don't worry. His parents signed a waiver. <laughs> I don't know if that's how we should be looking at this. But yeah. <laughs> but he was also then like, but for real, don't worry. Like I said, you're going to try to hit him. You're not going to hit him. And it was, I, those, oh. I fought him for like six minutes. And the only punch I landed was that one on his stomach. Uh, and I was just like, <gasps> and he was like, no, 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 that was really good. And I was like, <laughs> the kid, the kid was telling me that that was really good. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> he's been going. So this kid's been going to the gym for like two years. And so he's like training, training. Oh, and like, okay. I'm just, so I'm just like, there for a workout. Yeah. Yeah. He's like legit. Yeah. The, the instructor was like, like this kid has great defense. Like he's just gonna like bob and weave all around you. Yeah. And like, you're just going to chase him around the mat and like, you'll be lucky if you make contact with him. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, okay. it was, it was like me chasing him around the, the gym for like six minutes. And <laughs> so what you should have said is I chased a teenage boy for however long, but I did punch him. I got one in. You did. I'm proud That's, of you. Good job. You. I'm proud of you for punching a kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only time it's allowed. Proudest moment. And only if his parents sign a waiver. Only if his parents sign a waiver. They told me that. So my gym has a few different locations and not mine, but one of the other ones does like kids boxing classes, like little kids. Oh, um, excellent. And whenever one of them gets tired or like complains like that their arms are tired the instructor turns to the rest of the kids and says kids what's the rule about being tired and then they all go you're not allowed to be tired until you're 30 true <laughs> true <laughs> i like this i like this that's, instructor that's the gym rule you're not allowed to be tired until you're until 30. you're 30 then it's fair <laughs> and i was like well let me tell you <laughs> you don't know tired i'm gonna be tired <laughs> Perfect. i'm allowed it's in the rule yeah <laughs> exactly amazing don't tell me what to do well uh steph i'm gonna tell you what to do I was going to say, tell you me, just to said, don't tell me what you, to do. You have to present an episode today. I'm doing it because I want to do it, not because you told me to do it. Okay. 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 Uh -huh. It's been noted. Mm -hmm. It's, it's yeah. not dictated in the spreadsheet or anything. No. Mm -mm. Um, but, I don't listen okay. to no spreadsheet. Cool. Cool, cool. <laughs> spreadsheet cool, cool, cool. listens to me. Okay. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> don't even know how to work the spreadsheet. <laughs> you don't know how to hide Rose. <laughs> no, you really don't. Steph does not know how to work Google Excel. Like <laughs> Google Sheets. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'm constantly opening all the rows up and then Liz has to close them again and gets mad at me. <laughs> yeah, like we we hide Rose as we complete episodes, which is like hundreds right now, be or more than not hundreds. Oh, if you include NAD and yes. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of them. Oh, and yeah. all that. That's yeah. why it's only single hundreds, not multiple hundreds. Well, um, but yeah, it's 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 a lot of rows. And then Steph is still opening them. I don't know why. We're not doing GNT anymore, so I don't know why you're looking back in time on. <laughs> she our just old gets nostalgic. Episode. But 
she'll open all 100 rows yeah. and then just not leave. just the rows she needs like all of all them. of the rows and then just leaves and then i come on and it's just hundreds of like episodes that we've completed and i have to scroll down and highlight them all and hide them for her because she doesn't know how <laughs> Steph is the boomer of the group. I'm just gonna <laughs> I am the oldest. Just gonna start doing shit like that constantly just to fuck with you. She's gonna start asking us to like convert her Word doc into a PDF and shit. <laughs> Remember when she was like, I win birth order. Are you winning? <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Sounds like you've aged out. <laughs> Ow. Okay. Wow. But anyway, please share your episode. Like, do you want me to say anything today or not? I can just sit back. It's fine. Shortest episode. Steph quits. My segment is, in, is called Too Hot to Trot. It's about horses. Does it have anything to do with horses? It has something to do with horses. Yay! <laughs> you did it. To do with horses. Okay. After I came up with that title, which was about five minutes ago, Oh. I <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. recent that, news that checks out. <laughs> I looked up too hot to trot just because I was curious, like, are there other meanings to this? And it could mean hot to trot, meaning like sexually aroused, could also mean really needs to poop. So that oh. was me at the end of our last recording. That was Tracy just moments ago. I was going to say about 10 minutes ago, Tracy was hot to trot. I was hot to trot. Also just means very eager. I mean, I'm also that usually. Yes. So Tracy's hot to trot. No Oops. longer hot to trot. She trotted. I did. I, I mean, I it could happen trot. again. Yeah, it, it will happen again. I'm it sure. Certainly will. So Liz had the last ridiculous race segment with the cannonball run. Oh, here oh we go. Oh so that means it's my turn. Oh, dear. Today, we're, we're going to talk racing. about the age-old question, can a human outrun a horse? I know you've been pondering this forever. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize we were looking into this. I think At the answer is no. <laughs> you, will, you will come to find out that it's been a question asked many times for some oh. stupid reason. Why? Why? I feel like there's an asterisk. Like, is it, it could be a very healthy human against a sick old horse. No, what about like a miniature pony? Their legs are so short. Put a miniature pony against a Tracy. No, put them against like someone tall and athletic. So you're just trying to like rig it to... Yeah, the Tracy of horses should go against like the LeBron James of people. (laughs) Well, apparently people have been asking this question for a long ass time. Okay. Before I get into... My segment, I just wanted to give a shout out to Davy Crockett. Excuse me? <laughs> Davy Crockett. Okay. Who hosts the Ultra Running History Podcast and Blog, which is where I got a large chunk of my info from. So I felt like I should give Davy Crockett the historical figure. His name is Davy Crockett, the guy who writes this blog and does this podcast. I refuse to believe that is his God given name. I don't know if it's his God given name, but it's the name he goes by. That is an alias. I don't approve. Well, that is identity fraud, and identity fraud is not a joke, Jim. <laughs> so we're going to go back to our favorite time in history, 
the 1800s. That's where we're starting. Yay! Man, you're really just like after me you're on being this one. <laughs> you're very Liz today. Well, I did just straight up pluck my segment teaser. <laughs> she started taking your notes because she's so frustrated that she can't figure yeah. out Google Sheets. So she's like, I'll get that, Liz. And like well, goes and steals your notes. She also has straight up plagiarized my notes when she did the, was it the Hungry Hungry Heroes one? Yes, where you I just like, my notes on starvation. I just like gave a little synopsis of Liz's notes, yes. Jesus. Well, you took my title last segment, so. Yeah. I want to be completely honest. I was having trouble thinking of the teaser title. And I opened up the spreadsheet. And I was just like on the cell waiting to like for some inspiration to come to me. And then I saw yours and I was just like, oh, (laughs) I'll use that. I guess I'm the only original harpy. Anyway, 1800s. So irreplaceable. Pedestrianism was a popular spectator sport in the U.S. and the U.K. at this time. I'm sorry. Pedestrianism is just walking. Yes, it is exactly what it sounds like. It is walking. Why would you just watch walking? People would watch other people walking as a sport. Like, for fun. people watching or, like, athletically? Athletically. It's like watching a race, except they're not running, they're walking. But is the object to be the fastest? Or is the object to, like, have an entertaining gait? Like, I think the object is to be the fastest or like to go the longest distance, maybe is a better way to say it. I can go the distance. I'll find my it's endurance. Yes, endurance. It was uh, as popular as equestrianism at the time. Guess there wasn't much else to do back then. In 1818, J. Barnett of Feltham, Hertfordshire, England, was a pedestrian. And someone bet him 200 guineas. Guineas is some amount of currency. I can only assume pig. Thanks. <laughs> pig. 200 guinea pigs. Yes, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That he could not beat a horse in a 48-hour race. Obviously, he had to take that man up on the bet. I don't think he had to, but... Oh, he okay. did. All right. <laughs> the horse ran 90 miles in the first 13 hours, stopping only twice to feed. And at the end of the first 24 hours, the horse had gone 118 miles. Barnett had gone 82, which in itself, how the fuck does someone 82 miles in a day? That's that's a lot. Yeah. Also, like, why? I would just give it to the, I I would have just been like, you're right. The horse reigns supreme on this one. The thought was that the horses, I guess, could run faster but not for as long so over a long enough period of time a man can it would overtake the horse yes okay but don't you feel like that would be the same for a person as well like that they would also get tired after running for a long amount of time i guess they're saying that the humans could walk longer than the horse could before okay. like a tortoise in the hare situation exactly okay. that was an average of 4.9 miles per hour for the horse and 3.4 miles per hour for Barnett, which no, is like 3.4 miles per hour over for 24 hours. That's a lot. But I, I don't think I can do anything for 24 hours. Yeah, like I, consistently. No, thank you. I could sleep. Maybe. At the 48 hour mark, the horse had gone 179 miles and Barnett had gone 158 miles. 
So is the gap closing? The gap is is closing, but he's still behind and the race is over. 48 hours has been reached. Oh, so are we going to go to 72 so that he can beat this fucking horse because men are men? Well, some thought that they didn't go 72 hours, but some thought that if they had extended it to 72 hours, the Mm -hmm. horse could have only gone a few more miles and Barnett may have been able to overtake him, you know, slow and steady. So says the tortoise. Why are men? Yeah, that is a question I had throughout all of this because 90% of all of this is men. And I'm just shaking my head thinking, why are men for a masculinity is so, so fragile. You'll see throughout this that like when men lose to horses, they have all these excuses and they're like, well, if only (laughs) it's a horse. That's why you lost. It's a horse. If only I were a horse. Yeah. (laughs) If only I had hooves, you know. Yeah, but you don't. It's a a horse. I don't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be on team human for this one of no humans my favorite things to joke about with our friend megan is the like post game commentary for literally any sport yeah they have to go through this whole stupid show of like you know why do you think you lost yeah what could you have done better and it's just like we could have scored more points yeah, if I had just run faster, if yeah, I had caught like, the ball more, if I had yeah. scored more points. If I hadn't dropped the ball that time, but I dropped the ball. Like, <laughs> what, what yeah, do you want them like to say? Yeah, it's like, you saw it. You saw what happened. Like, if I had just overall been better. Yeah. If I wasn't who I am as a person. Yes. Yeah. But it's like a whole thing. They have to do it. And there's cameras and there's reporters. And it's just the same stupid questions and the same stupid answers. I would not have like any tolerance for that. Well, but it's I the winner and the loser. Cause it's like, why yeah. do you think you won? Well, I ran faster. Why do you think yeah. you lost? They ran faster. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. that's it. <laughs> so moving forward a little bit, 1879, George Guyon of Canada was an elite pedestrian. Is that just like a New Yorker walk? Is that what that is? Oh, no, he's Canadian. Oh. He was the real deal. He would go on later to become the six-day pedestrian world champion. Damn. But before that, before he was world champ, he raced against a stallion named Hessing Jr. in a 52-hour race on an indoor track in Chicago. Guyon went 149 miles, which, by the way, that's fewer miles than Barnett did with four extra hours, so some elite pedestrian he was. <laughs> Loser. Loser. And the horse went 201 miles. The horse reportedly took long rest, which totaled 24.5 miles, which is like half the fucking race. The Chicago Tribune claimed that Guyon lost because he, quote, wasn't feeling well. And, quote, the cold air of the building affected him to such an extent that during the last 24 hours of the contest, he was unable to do himself justice. Okay. Okay, bro. Later that same year, two of the best pedestrians ever, Edward Payson Weston and Daniel O'Leary, they were discussing Guyon's failure, and they started pondering how a man would do against a horse in a six-day race. I'm guessing the six-day race is like some kind of pedestrian standard challenge or something because it comes up multiple times the six day okay. race weston thought that the man would win but o'leary thought that the horse would win da, da, da. to settle the matter they held a six-day event in san francisco uh, that october and they put seven men against 11 horses on a track at mechanics pavilion 
Pinafore, the horse, won with a total of 557 miles. But there were no elite runners in this race. So wait. So why did they do it? These guys are... So is everyone running or is everyone walking? You're allowed to do, I think, whatever the fuck you want, but you have to... I think the most people just like kind of walked or quick walked because... Like a speed walk? Like a speed walk, yeah, because if you're going to be having to go for six days, you can't really run, you know? Sure. The horses could like trot and walk, you know? So I don't think anyone's like full on sprinting here. Okay. But you you could pace yourself however you want. Like complaining there's no like elite runners in this race. Like I don't know why these two asshats themselves didn't just participate if they're if they really want to make it a a good competition. Yeah, like why why come up with these excuse excuses afterwards? Like just use yeah. an elite runner. Well, exactly. So because there were no elite runners, Weston wouldn't admit defeat that he was wrong. So Illyria is like, well, now we got to do another one. So they decided a year later in Chicago to hold a six and a half day event. And this, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they're like, well, if you're just going to make excuses as to why you lost, we just got to do it again with elite runners. I mean, the Olympics don't bring our third best people. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, like why would you? You're why setting you yourself just... up for failure if you don't include the best from the start. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is foolish. Put your best foot forward. Why are men? This is who represents humans, and this is who represents horses. Battle it out. That's the end. Like, (laughs) So when they did it again a year later, they had 15 men, five horses. 48 hours into the race, the leading horse named Speculator had gone 220 miles and was leading the, it was ahead of the leading man by, who had gone 195 miles. Which, by the way, these numbers just blow my mind. That a man had walked 195 miles in two fucking days. Like, that well, seems just wild. Like, we... And they're on a track. We have horses for this. They're on a track. They're just walking in fucking circles. We have horses. Like, as boring as NASCAR is, imagine just watching a man walking around a track for fucking six days. I cannot. This is so painful. I know but this guy who was in the lead of the humans ended up quitting five miles later because his face was swollen i don't know exactly why but his face just like puffed up and he was like i'm out okay uh on day five of this six day nonsense a man named michael j byrne took the lead speculator the horse regained the lead on the last day and then he died on one of his breaks. No. What? Yeah. The fucking horse died. Like, maybe we don't race horses till they die. Yeah. Maybe that's no! just... No! I would have been much better if the person died. Right? Like... <laughs> well, at least this asshat, like, went into it knowingly. The poor little But, like, the horsey. horse... I know. I was so sad. Why, why would you... Why would you do that, Steph? Okay, this is the only horse that dies in the whole thing. I'm sorry. (sighs) Byrne wasn't doing so hot himself at this point. He started having nosebleeds, and then he just, like, fainted. He just collapsed. And they had to carry him into a tent, and he couldn't be revived for, like, half an hour. Jeez. So during this time, a horse named Betsy Baker took the lead. 
And then shortly after that, she, quote, failed to respond to the whip and decided she was going to take a two-hour break. Look, <laughs> sometimes you just need to you nap. Yeah. I, I love Betsy. She might be my favorite in the whole thing because she's just like, fuck you, dumbasses, and your stupid-ass race. Like, yeah. I'm done. She just decided she didn't want to pull an all-dayer, and she went to sleep. It kind of reminds me of the thing, like, how cats... Like, are technically as trainable as dogs. They just lack, like, the desire to please people. Yeah, they so don't they, give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, like, they could do what e- these commands, but they just don't want to. They like, choose why? not to. Yeah, and so I wonder, like, maybe horses, like, technically are capable, but, like, why would they want to do that? Yeah, but they just, after a while, they're like, why am I doing this? What's yeah. in it for me? No, thank you. Betsy was eventually coaxed back out onto the track after she got, quote, a dose of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Betsy is the MVP of this story for sure. I love Betsy. <laughs> Betsy is crushing it. They just had to get her drunk enough that she was like, fine, I'll go back out. But then she would only like slow walk for the rest of the race. Unclear yeah, if she was drunk. just tired she's, or drunk. Hey, she's walking. She's, but she's, she was moving. She's coming home from, you know, bottomless brunch. She is not in her best, you know, condition. Yeah. She's been at it for five fucking days at this point. Yeah. She got a little champagne. She got a little tipsy. That's the motivation she needed to get back out there, but. She's not going to bring her A-game. Did she take a bubble (laughs) bath, too? I hope so. That would have been my next thing after the champagne and the naps. In the end, Byrne won. He did 578 miles, and Betsy came in second with 563 miles. In a book called Running Through the Ages, author Edward S. Sears wrote, quote, The race did not prove man could always beat horses in multi-day racing, but it did show that horses are prone to dropping dead from exhaustion or overheating in long races, whereas healthy humans were not. Well, it's because humans stop before they, you know, die. Right. I mean, the humans are in (laughs) dust. The humans could be like, I'm I'm not feeling good. I'm going to stop. Whereas the horses are being ridden by someone who's like, keep going, keep going and just fucking whipping them. Also, apparently humans, I guess, are more efficient sweaters than horses, so they're less prone to overheating. I mean, yeah, I believe that. So there's that. But yeah, good job, guys. You should be proud of what you've proven here today. I mean, honestly, no one was asking this question. Like, yeah, we are it's just like a bunch a of idiots. That no one has asked. Yeah. Well, apparently men keep asking these questions against each other and just like speculating about it over and over again and just keep doing these stupid fucking races because... These are just... Dudes who have had one too many to drink and are like, I could definitely fight a bear. (laughs) (laughs) But why? But why would you do it? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. One man was arrested during the race for animal cruelty. And then five others had warrants issued for their arrest after the event. Unclear if they were actually arrested or if there was any punishment, but people did get in trouble for animal cruelty. Yes. There were five horses in the race. Maybe it was the five. Riders. I'm not sure. I'm speculating, but people got in trouble for animal cruelty. I mean, that would make sense. I mean, a horse died, so we should we should maybe reevaluate what happened there. Someone should be held accountable yeah. for the horse's death. 
Yeah, I'm glad that there were people that cared, but it's unfortunate that they were not involved earlier on. Like, right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Now we're jumping ahead to the 1900s. In 1927, an elite runner named Paul Hard Rock Simpson. Like the Hard Rock Cafe? Yes, Hard Rock. Excellent. Raced a Texas pony on a 500-mile there and back course in North Carolina. 500 miles total there and back. Okay. In Raleigh, along the route, kids pelted him with rocks and chased him. Why? I don't know. I assume just because kids are shitheads. Yeah, that just sounds like kids being dumb. Yeah. After the race was over and as time went on, the legend was that the horse dropped dead at 25 miles behind Hard Rock, so Hard Rock stopped. You told me they were going to- And then Hard Rock stopped running and won the $500 prize. That's what the legend became. That's not true. It's not what happened. All right. The truth is that at mile 145, Hard Rock was diagnosed with an infection in his foot and had to stop. The horse was also in rough shape at this point, but made it five miles further than Hard Rock, so the horse won and lived. In 1929, for some unknown fucking reason, people began wondering again if what would happen if a man and a horse raced each other in a six-day race. Like, we already answered this question. Nothing good. Nothing good happens when you do this. Like, why? We don't need to do this again. But in Philadelphia, they got five teams of two men and five teams of two horses to race each other. I'm not sure how the team thing worked. I couldn't get details on that. I'm not sure if it was like a tag in when you need a rest or if there was predetermined checkpoints or if they all raced at the same time and just like added their distance together. I don't know. But there was teams this time. Okay. This time, the men were leading for the first two days. And then on days four to five, the horses took the lead. And the horses just got bored of running in circles, it seems. They just started like slowing down and weren't listening to their jockeys anymore. Yeah, that's super fair. They were channeling Betsy and just being like, I'm kind of done. And then they finally just refused to trot altogether. So unbeknownst to the spectators, somehow the horses got swapped out for fresh horses. Wait. <laughs> Wait, but a switcheroo? The whole point. The whole yes. point. The whole point. I, I know. Did the. That's what my thought was. Like, doesn't whatever the result is then get totally nullified? Did the human runners get switcherooed? <laughs> I don't understand. I guess they're like, the horses could run, but they won't run. So we just need to get different horses that will run. Right. But like you're getting fresh horses. So that nullifies no matter what the result is. Like it doesn't answer the question that you're asking. No. Right? <laughs> They're fucking with the result. But then the replacement horses also refuse to trot. Well, yeah, they were probably like, look at the other fucking horses. I don't want to turn out like them. They're probably like, I'm not okay being a filthy fucking cheater. I'm not going to trot. Yeah. So the original horses were brought back in. <laughs> this is outlandish if i were those horses i'd just be like no i'm done check please i'm done where's my champagne this is not science i don't like it i want my champagne yeah but through all this swapping in and out shenanigans the humans had a strong lead because the horses were just like fucking around with people and so Johnny Salo and Joie Ray won the race with 
523 miles, which was 13 miles ahead of the horses. So even with all this swapping in and out shenanigans and getting new horses and everything, they were only 13 miles ahead. So they were cheating to not even win by a lot. Well, they were... They were cheating and they lost. Yeah. Yes. But I'm just saying, like, you'd think that with all this swapping in and out and everything... Humans didn't even get that big a lead. Well, then I think we proved the point that humans are inferior. Right. Please stop running these tests. I think the horses are superior in that they're like, fuck this, I'm not doing it. This is stupid. Yes. (laughs) That is a superior thought. I am not here to protect your ego. Like, no. Let's get out of here. In 1936, Olympic runner Jesse Owens ran a 100-yard dash against a horse. As you do. Well, actually, Jesse Owens ran a 100-yard dash, and the horse ran 140 yards. <laughs> Just like, what? <laughs> what does that prove? Like, it's a yeah. 40% difference in distance right there. Like, what are we even doing here? I don't understand. I- <sighs> Owens beat the horse by running 100 yards in 9.9 seconds. He was ahead of the horse by 15 to 20 yards. I tried to dig up what exactly this meant. So I'm like, would that mean that the horse was 15 to 20 yards from his finish, like the horse's finish line? At which point that would mean... He was still he was, winning? He was, yeah, he had actually gone farther than Jesse Owens. Right. But like, okay, so you won a rigged race. whoop de fucking do Yeah, I mean, anyone can win when, like, you're not allowing your competitor to fully compete. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. If you're stacking the deck, like, that's not an accomplishment. You're giving yourself a significant handicap by making mm-hmm. yourself run 40% less distance. Yeah. I don't know if that really counts as beating a horse. In 1940, Dr. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Dr. Arn Suminyen, originally yep. from Finland, now living in Somerville, South Carolina. He decided he was going to challenge himself to a 40-mile race against a horse. Why? We answered this question 20 (laughs) minutes ago. Like, (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why this keeps coming up. Why do people keep wanting to do this? I I I don't get that. Why? Just, why? How did it go, Steph? He designed a course... That went around local roads and then ended on a 13... And then the last 13 miles of it were on a track. The jockey who was riding the horse made him alternate between trotting for eight minutes and then walking for four, kind of back and forth like that. The horse was in the lead at first. Then the doctor took the lead uh, about three miles in. Then they were like neck and neck for a while. But once they reached the track, the doctor was less than a mile behind the horse, but he had lots of blisters on his feet and they really hurt. Oh. Huh. Blisters suck. They do I suck. I mean, yes, but we do not <laughs> feel pity for this. I feel like, like I'm not a runner, but I logically know that if you run for a really long fucking time, you're going to get blisters. Like, this should not be an unanticipated uh, challenge to overcome during a long-distance run. Yeah. But it's like I said, his feet were badly blisters, so he decided to run barefoot for a while. As you do. Then he fell even further behind, so with five and a half miles to go, he just gave up. And the horse won. Sure. I feel like the horse almost always wins. It's just like idiot men being like, I could, like you said, I could fight I'm the bear. I'm not surprised. Right? I don't believe it. I don't believe it! In 1943, the people of Douglas Galbraith's General Store in Blanding, Utah... I guess there's not much to do in blanding, yeah. (laughs) They had this ongoing debate about whether a man could outrun a horse in an endurance race. 
Why? I don't know. To me, well, in this case, it sounded kind of like how our, our friend group has this unending debate about whether a hamburger is God, a sandwich. Bring up the hot mm-hmm. dog. Hamburger a right hot dog. Now. It's both. Well, it started with hamburger and then it extended to hot dog and taco and all kinds of things. But it's kind of like this thing where it just keeps coming up periodically and we never really settle it. So, like, that's their equivalent is this horse versus man but thing. But we did settle this one. The horse wins. <laughs> Okay, this one, yes, this one has been settled before, but like these idiots thought they were the first ones to ever contemplate this. And that they were, so they set up a race. They're like, no one's ever done this before. So we're going to set up a race to try to figure out. They did it a hundred years ago. I know. They did it more than a hundred years ago. This has been done. 27 year old Leland Shumway raced a horse named Zebs. Sure. The plan was to have them go up and down a 26-mile country road for 24 hours and just see who goes the most distance in that time. Shumway did not train for the event. I, yeah. For some okay. unknowable reason, he struggled pretty hard. So <laughs> weird. So weird. <laughs> and Zebs lapped Shumway and ended up going 140 miles in 24 hours, whereas Shumway went 60 miles in 20 hours, and then gave up. <laughs> so, really, this race didn't settle anything. Like, if you I'm have a so over this. actual horse against a man who does not run and did not train, what will happen? I, just, okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> Why are men? I... <laughs> 1957, for some fucking reason, the people of Utah decided that they wanted to host a race of men versus horses to get in on this whole, like, man versus horse thing. It's all the craze. So they put two men against two horses from downtown Salt Lake City to rural Roosevelt, Utah. 157 miles with 3,700 feet in elevation gain was the course. They chose two Brigham Young University track distance runners. And their coach was an Olympic distance runner himself, or Olympic runner himself. Okay, so we're at least putting up people who are, like, actually qualified to do this. Yes, people who are actual runners, yes, who are coached by an Olympic runner, you know. Improvement. Yeah, we're doing a little better here. And the coach was so confident in his boys, he said they were going to win the race in 30 to 36 hours total. What was the distance they had to run? 157 miles. Okay. But was there also an elevation? 3,700 like feet in elevation. Yeah, that's not, that's, not insignificant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not. The race was sponsored by the Roosevelt Bullberry Boys Booster Club. <laughs> it was part of the Days of 1906 celebration, which was honoring the opening day of the Ute-Ure Reservation and the Settlement of Roosevelt, Utah. Okay. And the story leading up to it, it became like this national and international sensation that this race was going to happen. By the way, the days of 1906 celebration takes place in November in Utah. Really cold. Sure. Balls cold. The runners wore blue sweatsuits and hoods that covered everything except their eyes and their noses to keep them warm. Okay. Yeah. People placed bets, and the profits of the betting would go to building a new rodeo in Roosevelt. Oh, you know, good cause. 
Yeah. One runner dropped out the first night, 55 miles into the race, because he had a tight tendon in his leg. Oh, he had a cramp. He had a cramp. A lot of cramps in these races. Uh Uh-oh. Unpredictable. The other runner took a two and a half hour nap around the 70 mile mark and woke up feeling fine, so he kept going. He then reached the 100 mile mark at 35 hours, so the coach's prediction of him getting the whole distance in 36 hours is not looking so good at this point. And he caught up to the horse at mile 110, took a 90 minute break. But then he had to pull out because his ankles were so swollen that he couldn't go on. And the doctors were afraid that he was going to get blood poisoning in his legs. Jesus. So the two men are out. The two horses keep going. And they decide they like finish together at the same time. 57 hours, 15 minutes in. Only 32 of which was actually like riding time. The rest, they were just taking breaks. So they just like, well, we don't have to worry about this anymore. We're just going to take our time. An editorial criticized the race, saying that it, quote, proves little except that both horse and man get lame pounding the paved roads. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they keep asking this question, but they just keep failing at actually answering it. I mean, we answered it a hundred years ago, but this is right. But they just keep wanting to do it over again. And they just keep proving that this is a stupid idea. That's what's being proved over and over again. Like, this is a stupid idea. Why are we doing Nobody's really asking the question i feel like it's just they're they're just still trying to answer the original question like nobody's still asking yeah right they're just still trying to answer the original question and there's absolutely no need right it's it's been done you're not original we've already settled this yeah i feel like that's a very um hasn't jen saki answered um a question in one of the um, White House briefings where a journalist was like, people are saying, and she's like, what people? And the journalist was like, um. (laughs) 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 Yep. Who's asking? Nobody. Nobody's asking. Why are we doing this? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So despite these words, despite, you know, the criticisms, Utah decided to do it again nine months later. Sure. God you damn gotta. it, Utah. Name of science. Mm-hmm. Despite how horrifically it went the, pro- the time before for the men, they were like, let's try again. So this time they did it in July instead of November, which I'm not sure if that's really any better because now the temperatures went up as high as 90. Three men were selected for the race, one of which was our old friend Paul Hardrock Simpson. Sure. Now 53. In his time between his prior horse race and now, he completed the Bunyan Derby. (laughs) Throwback. Of course. Of course. The other two men were a 37-year-old named Ido Romagnoli, who is a marathon runner and an NYPD officer, and the famous one-armed runner, 62-year-old Roy McCurtry. The three riders were 61-year-old Willis Jacobson with an Arabian stallion. 21-year-old Keith Bastion with a thoroughbred quarter horse, and 24-year-old Stuart Pollock on a thoroughbred named Dodger. By the way, did not look up shit about horses. I don't know what a quarter horse is. I don't know what, what an Arabian stallion is. I don't know. I don't know shit about horses. They're horses. There was a fourth unreg- unregistered mystery rider known as the Bat. Okay. 
which was some guy who showed up with like a black robe and a black helmet, totally in disguise. And he had a quote, skittish cow pony with white circles painted on it. So just this random ass dude just shows up in like a, a hood. Sure. And just races alongside everyone else, even though he was not invited. And he reportedly didn't say a word to anybody this whole time. He just kind of, they just didn't question him. They didn't try to take his mask off. He just, he was just there and they're like, okay. Crashing the party. Mm Mm-hmm. Race crasher. There were Jeeps with trailers that rode alongside all the participants, and they had, like, food and medical supplies they could serve as resting spots for when the people needed to take breaks. McCurtry, 62-year-old with one arm, he dropped out 25 miles into the race because of leg cramps. Bone spurs. (laughs) Heel spurs. Sorry. Whenever I hear that you have, like, a leg cramp at any point for the rest of your life, Steph, I'm going to be like, oh, leg cramp. Leg cramps. (laughs) Yes. He said, quote, this will be my last run. At 62, 62, I think I'm just a bit too old. So he gave up and was like, I'm going to retire. I'm done with this. He Betsy'd out of there. Sure did. Hard Rock's Jeep ended up taking a wrong turn and led him four miles off course. They realized the mistake finally, and they were like, let's drive you back to where we accidentally went off course. And he refused for some reason. I don't know why. Toxic masculinity, maybe. Always. So, yeah. So he ran back instead. So he added like eight bonus miles to his run. Because he's a hard-headed idiot. Sure. The bat dropped out at mile 85 because his horse was fatigued and refused to go on. He was later identified as 32-year-old Kenneth Higley, a World War II veteran with a wife and, quote, several kids. Romagnoli, he was far ahead of the other runners, and he reached the 100-mile mark, 100 miles at 21 hours, 22 minutes. He got to a town called Current Creek, and he took a hot bath, and he had, quote, a small cup of blood drawn from the blisters beneath his toenails. Oh, I thought When you said a small cup of blood, Ooh. I thought you were like, going to say, like, drank no and i was like where is this going a small cup of blood from beneath actually said from two toenails he had blood drawn which is a lot of blood for two toes he ended up losing six toenails in the race i feel like that alone is just like why I would never be a runner. Like our friend Megan has like lost a toenail from just like nope. running. And she's not even like a like a competitive runner. Right. Yeah. It's gross. No thank you. No. Uh, he tried to keep going after his bath, but he had severe cramps and he dropped out at mile one eighteen. At this point he was only two miles behind Dodger, the leading horse, and well ahead of the other horses and hard rock. But he dropped out. It rained heavily the last 20 miles of the race, and it hadn't rained in two and a half months, but of course it's going to rain now. That's how it works. And Dodger won the race, completing the 157 miles in 29 hours, 33 minutes, and 40 seconds. He beat Hard Rock by 57 miles. Shocking. The organizers decided that they've done it twice now. We have settled the, the debate about man versus horse, so we don't need to do it a third time. But we did it a third time. The following year, they did it with just horses, only horse racing, and then a rider named Dorothy Luck won in 16 hours, which is pretty damn impressive, considering Dodger did it in 29 hours. Yeah. In 1960, in Missoula, Montana, they decided they were going to get on this too, and decided, so they were like, let's have our own race. 
they had a former Montana State University track star, Bill Anderson, run a 72-mile uphill race against a horse, Little Joe. Bill predicted he'd win in 12 hours. He said, 72 miles actually isn't a long distance for a man. Okay. Speak for yourself, Bill. <laughs> and B, of course, this idiot was, gave an actually statement. Even in my car, that seems like a long distance. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Actually, that's not that far. He said, but I seriously doubt the horse can finish. I feel like 72 miles is not that... Like, compared to all these other races that I'm talking about, 72 miles is not that big a deal for a horse. Little Joe took the lead. Bill kept up for a while, but then he slowed down during a tough climb. And then he took a break to eat beef, drink water, and have his legs massaged. As you do. He wrapped his legs up because they were so crampy. And he blamed blamed the cold rain for his leg cramps and swollen knees, not the fact that he was running a ridiculously long distance uphill. Sure. He lasted only six hours and 37 minutes before he gave in to the cramps. So, like, after all his big talk about, like, actually, I think I could do this, he, he gave up. And actually, little Joe completed the race in 12 hours and 20 minutes. Moving closer to nowadays, 1980... People again began debating this question in a pub in a town called when oh god Lenerted Wells, Wales, which supposedly okay. is the smallest town in Britain with only 900 residents. Sidebar on Lenerted Wells, it is spelled L L A N W R T Y D. There's huh. not enough vowels in there. There's not enough vowels in there. <laughs> and I tried to look up the pronunciation to this. Will this play here? Lorted Wells. Lorted? Yeah, that is the UK pronunciation. Here's the Welsh pronunciation. Lorted Wells. That's outrageous. <laughs> we should have Tracy do... No, thank you. <laughs> uh, a- add that to her, like, accent. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, how the fuck do I say this? And I found out multiple pronunciations. The Welsh one is ridiculous. How do you say it in German? So anyway, there, this teeny little town, they decided... They were in this pub, and they were talking about it. And so the pub manager's like, well, let's make a race and see what happens. Because, again, this has never happened before. We got to figure it out. So they did a 22-mile-long race, which actually is not actually a marathon. It's too short. But it went up and down the steep hill, 2,000 feet of elevation gain. It was rocky, and there was a waist-high river crossing. So let's just make it as absurd as possible. Horses give the runners a head start to avoid the chaos and tramplings that would ensue otherwise. And they have to run two extra miles for some reason. And it's a timed thing, so it's not necessarily who crosses the finish line first, but it's who, like, who has the shortest time. And the horses have two designated medical checkpoints to avoid overexertion, so at least we're learning and doing better than just running them until they collapse. The first race was in 1980, and there were four horses and 29 runners. The race is still going on. I think there wasn't one in 2020 for obvious reasons, but the article that I read Gave the, time, gave the statistics for the 2016 art, uh, race, where there were 60 horses, 630 solo runners, ages 18 to 73, and 160 relay teams. And a man has only won the race twice in like 30-something years. Very organized with a high turnout. Yeah. It's like a really big thing there. They still do it every year. 
And finally, the last race I have to tell you about is in 1983 in Arizona. They began hosting an annual man versus horse race. Mm -hmm. 60 miles over two days, 30 miles per day, 2,600 feet elevation gain. And it includes runners, cyclists, and horses. And every year they end up contending with snow, rain, and mud. Later, it was eventually changed to one day and there were different courses. There's a 12 mile, a 25 mile, and a 50 mile. But people seem to only really care about the 50 mile one. And again, the horses have designated stopping points for medical checkups, which that time that they're made to stop gets subtracted from their total time. Do the people? Uh, no, they don't have designated <laughs> stops. I mean, they're allowed to stop and like take a break and have a drink or whatever, but there's no like designated stop. I guess, like we said before, like they can regulate themselves, whereas the horses <laughs> are being pushed to go by a rider, so they can't. So they check to make sure they're hydrated, that their digestive tract all looks good, like they're not too fatigued or whatever a horse won every single year until 2019 when a man named nick Corey, who had been competing in the race for about a decade at that point finally won in six hours 17 minutes and nine seconds he also won same guy in 2020 but he was three minutes slower than his prior year mm. so in conclusion if you sufficiently rig a race yes and put, the, put all of the odds and everything in your favor just right, yes, a man can indeed outrun a horse. Why the fuck anyone cares? I still don't know. Running is stupid. The end. Yeah, so, so we spent a century, more than a century, Almost yep. two. on this. It's actually two centuries. It started in 1818 was the first race that I told you guys about. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Two centuries. And like, what... What do we do with this information? <laughs> I'm so glad we came to this conclusion. My conclusion is running is stupid. The end. Yeah. You can listen to Harpy Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen, please read us. And leave a glowing review. Don't say nay. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been sitting on that? I had that in my pocket for like the last half of the segment. (laughs) (laughs) I regret nothing. I didn't have time to incorporate, like to go back in and find horse puns. (laughs) I should have. Are there other races you want to hear about on Harpy Hour? Tell us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Harpy Hour Pod or email us at harpyhourpodcast at gmail.com. Do you have money that you want on horse races and you don't know what to do with it? Did you bet on the horse? (laughs) Did you bet on the horse and win because the horse is going to win 99% of the time? (laughs) Well, with that extra money, you can head on over to Patreon and check out all the different tiers we have, all the different goodies we have to offer, and the extra content we have there. And you can donate money to us, and that'll help keep us on the air to keep telling you ridiculous stories about races. Liz's turn next. Let's see what she comes up with. Just you wait. Do you have something already? Uh, You'll see. I hate both of you. Oh, dear. Is it your next segment? It's 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 a it's a big stretch. Okay, I'm already gonna say I don't I don't accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't approve. No, no, it's got to be an actual an actual race. Anyway, thanks for listening. 
Okay, bye. Okay, bye. bye.